0: Tradition, tradition, tradition. Boom, 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 tradition,
1: you're such a dork.
0: Welcome to Christ in the Chaos, where a pastor's kid and a kid's ministry director talk about raising a Christ-centered family. We're not sure we know what we're doing, but we are right in the thick of it. And this is how we're finding Christ in the Chaos. Welcome to Christ in the Chaos. I am Kathleen. And I'm Joel. And today we are talking about our traditions. What ours are, when they're good, when they're bad, and how to decide whether to carry them on into the next generation.
1: That's pretty easy. Is it one of your family's traditions or one of mine? (laughs) My understanding is we keep all yours and mine get thrown out, right?
0: Mm, Good start. How are you doing, Joel? Family check-in time.
1: It's family check-in time. I love family check-in time. That's where we check in with our families. Go check in with your family. Pause this podcast. Go see how your family is doing. Listening to our podcast is important, but not as important as actually talking to your family. I'm doing actually really good. We went camping last weekend. We are recording a day late because (laughs) Levi doesn't go to sleep anymore.
0: No, he just, he took a nap yesterday. So he was up till like almost 10 last night. That's just how Levi rolls. When he naps, he stays up late.
1: Things are a little wild at work right now, but other than that, I'm, I'm good. I, my back doesn't hurt right
0: I now. I love to imagine what wild means at your office, which I imagine to be the most like low-key, undramatic place on the face of the earth.
1: Well, it's wild right now, but <laughs> not in a terrible, terrible way, just in a little bit of stress. But the kids are good. We started soccer, which is good, because soccer is a lot like swimming, except it's one hour. Instead of all day on wah, wah. Saturday,
0: outside where it is, it is outside where there are allergens. So As I opposed to can't stand it.
1: Swimming, which is inside, there's
0: no allergens in swimming.
1: It there's Unless way you're allergic less to chance anyone's going to drown. And also, I'm in charge of when practice is over, so we get to just leave. <laughs> How are you doing?
0: Um, I had a very rough start of the week. Um, We are getting ready to start school next week. It is our oldest um, is entering kindergarten. So we are like figuring that out.
1: So it's exactly seven days from today is his first day of kindergarten. Mm -hmm. Have you cried yet? Yes, Yes. I cried
0: today. (laughs) Um, We, I have been taking the kids to Denny's um, since Dane could basically sit in a high chair. But I think like uh, upon reflecting on it today, that I used to take him when he was in his infant seat before he could sit up in a high chair. And um, I used to, and I read books to them and I would eat Denny's. And then, you know, like Dane started eating and then Dane started sitting up and then Levi was born. We have been going there for over four years. Every single Thursday, I bring a big stack of books with the kids and um, we order, right now we order the French toast slugger. It's like our thing and it's over. It will never be the same. I realized that The existence of our little team of three, of us being home together, it's over. It's just over. And it was, it's over. (laughs) But it's, but what we had, them being babies, them being little kids is coming to an end. And um, nothing hit me harder. And I don't think anything will hit me as hard as the end of Denny's because that is such like the moment for the three of us in the week.
1: Well, next week we'll talk about changing seasons.
0: But this week we're talking about traditions, which Denny's is probably the most central tradition between me and the boys that exists. Um, <laughs> that's reality. We're defining tradition, a tradition as um a custom or belief passed down from generation to generation.
1: Not so much us as Webster's, but
0: well, it's probably not Webster's, it's dictionary.com. Let's get real. I didn't pull out a I didn't pull out a hard copy book but we're not really deep diving into our religious traditions in terms of like that's kind of like the the point of the podcast um and we could probably do a whole episode on where that. we are as adults but that's not what we're talking about today this
1: is just about integrating families into the weird things that your family does every year
0: and i think just to kind of even start i th- these have always been we have tried to do a couple of similar topics where we talk about blending of our two families. And this is kind of like the lightest, easiest version of it, because every time we start having one of these conversations, it gets so heated that we like can't get any further in the planning of the podcast. So it is such an interesting topic. Blending two nuclear families to create a new nuclear family is is so fascinating and is so hard Mm -hmm. and is so interesting. And we are working on getting more episodes about that. Um, But it is so hard for us to have those conversations because they bring up a lot of like...
1: Me being wrong about everything.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. (laughs) The first thing we're going to talk about is our own baseline nuclear family traditions.
1: The ones we grew up with.
0: Yes. The ones we grew up with. Joel... What were your major holiday traditions that you grew up with?
1: Mostly church?
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's so kind of, different. It's from kind a- of hard
1: because we're like, oh, let's not talk about religious traditions. Like all my traditions are kind of religious traditions. We did Lil Yule which is a Danish holiday that we don't celebrate at all correctly <laughs> yeah but we just kind of made it up we open christmas presents on lily often
0: which is christmas eve eve yes
1: the day before christmas eve that evening we open christmas presents and then christmas eve we'd go to church and then christmas day we'd spend with family and so that was our way of splitting it out um we also took on strays we called them strays i they're not gonna listen to this it's fine uh we took on strays which is just anyone who didn't have anywhere else to be on that particular holiday, actually Easter was our big one. And Mm -hmm. I think that's my mom's favorite that we just bring in all kinds of random people. Uh, One guy we found out was just using us to avoid his in-laws. His (laughs) wife had died and he still had family. We didn't find out until he died. They were like, Oh yeah. He told us every year that he couldn't come because pastor invited him. And you got to go if pastor invites. And like, he just, he had always told us, Oh no, I don't have family. It's fine.
0: (laughs) Um, I, well, I think it's interesting that you said that, um, because I consider what you're talking about to be cultural, like church, when it comes to traditions, right? Like, um, you are, there is a tradition that you grew up with that is church, that is not your religion, right? That is part of what you went to church. Church looked a certain way. You did Mm -hmm. certain things. And those are, um, you had potlucks and, um, Schmorg smorgy smorg what is Smorgish board. There we go. Um and crothers Fair and like all of these things that were part of your kind of like small town church experience that yes, are church related but are not your religious belief. It's your culture. That's your tradition outside of mm-hmm. Christianity. Um our Christmases were obviously we've had this. If you go back to episode eight, you'll know that I grew up very like nominally Christian, which meant um we I do remember going to Christmas Eve twice, maybe. Um, but very generally, we did not go to church on Christmas Eve or Christmas, um, and Christmas was all about family. Um, and that was like very intense for a long time. Um, we always decorate cookies. Uh, we, I always put up our Charles Dickens Christmas Carol Village. Um, we decorate the tree together. That's something that was very big in our family. My mom has spode christmas gear and And she
1: redecorates the tree after everyone goes to bed
0: (laughs) no that is definitely a a christmas tradition tradition of ours is that my mom we all decorate the tree and then my mom makes it look nice after we all leave um and then i always sing carols with my dad which i actually think is something that family culture wise we shared is that we all Mm -hmm. we you sang christmas carols we sang christmas carols you sang campfire songs we sang campfire songs you sang silly we songs in the car, families, yeah. we sang silly songs in the car. That's something those are tradition that we shared. Um, how about what are your travel traditions?
1: We don't have. We didn't travel a lot. It was mostly most of our vacations were visiting family because my family lived far away our our extended family. We did We went to Disneyland and Yosemite. went to Yosemite almost every year around Easter because the week after Easter, obviously for church workers is a pretty slow week. And so
0: like I have the exact opposite experience, but yeah. Okay. There you go. You also are hunters.
1: Yeah. We would go hunting with grandpa every year. Mm -hmm. That was, that was a lot of fun. I have a lot of good memories of that. I look forward to taking my kids hunting.
0: We share Disneyland. We were both Disneyland families, which I feel like if you are a Disneyland family, you understand what that means. And if you aren't, um, I'm sorry that you didn't have a childhood or anything fun going on in your life. Um, <laughs> um, Besides going to Disneyland, the only other thing that we did on a really consistent basis is that my family did a almost yearly trip from about the time I was like 11 on to Aptos, which is a little south of Santa Cruz. And we would rent a house on the beach there for a week and play board games, eat food, like be on the beach. Sometimes we boogie boarded, Um, But just literally hang out and relax for a week. And I loved that. I still love that. Um, And then I I just had some other traditions. A big tradition of ours, we have, um, I don't know why macaroni and cheese just like intensely popped into my mind, but my grandma made macaroni and cheese that my mom made that now both of us, my sister and I make. Um, It's the best macaroni and cheese.
1: Yeah. It's a great recipe. I'll tell you guys the recipe. You get the box. <laughs> no, you, I know I was kidding. No, no I'm it's kidding. I mean, I'll tell
0: them the recipe, but no, it, don't. It's, it's a secret. It's not complicated. You guys got to, but it is way better than yours. The one you're thinking of that you have—that's the best. <laughs> it's not as good as ours.
1: It's true. It is the best. And if you want the recipe, you can have it. You just have to donate to our Patreon, which you have to create first. You have to create a Patreon for us and then donate to it.
0: We already kind of talked about how you have this tradition that I don't have, which is that church cultural tradition you have a kind of like 1950s to 1990s uh traditional mainline church tradition where you have a choir mm-hmm. and an organ and and fellowship events and like did you square dance? No. No. I mean a-
1: we did at one point we I'm did sorry. a square dance. Okay. But like the same way everyone has a square dance nope. night once every 10 years?
0: That's your, yeah, like I'm just saying, not everybody would have had a square dance night where you had like volleyball games and like um, mm-hmm. youth like,
1: group and those types of things. Yes, like very small town church stuff.
0: Yep. Um, so that is definitely a part of your tradition of your family. What is good about tradition? And the first thing that I kind of noticed is that it helps blend families by inviting someone into your tradition. It's an act of love. It's an actual manifestation of that two becoming one we see in Ephesians 5.31. Your tradition is fundamental to who you actually are so when you share your tradition with your spouse um, you're letting them in on who you are. Mm -hmm. I don't
1: I don't know that I agree with traditions being this big part of who you are as far as letting you in on my tradition so much as it's just a fun thing
0: I do. I and I actually think that is part of our family culture in that you correct like I don't think you're being flippant or or No, I think my that family that is, is how you guys are. You don't hold on to anything that tight.
1: We push harder against tradition than other families. I think it's mostly my mom's fault. And I think your family hangs on to them more oh, than We our hold on and I think so that's so hard. <laughs> mostly your mom's fault. So, so hard. Well,
0: I don't think it's my I mean, it may be my mom's fault, but I honestly I think the three of us kids Hold on, we mm-hmm. had a really idyllic childhood, and I think all of us very like hold on to the tradition so hard because we want to keep living that out. Um, we talked about in the um, the episode about um, our village about my mom and how she creates these crazy amazing experiences for holidays, and I just want to experience that every single year, forever, the way I felt as a kid. And so I'm like, if I decorate cookies, even though it kind of makes me like sick to smell it, if I decorate cookies the way I did when I was seven, I will get to feel that again, Um, which I'm not sure is reality.
1: And I think that that will take us into problems with traditions, which we'll talk about in a second. But right now we should talk about the good things about traditions. I don't know about letting me know more about you, but I think certainly making me more part of your family as you're invited into those traditions, and you're made part of them. Where it's not like your family are letting me participate, but I'm a necessary ingredient to the tradition, right? It's not just I'm on the outside, like, kind of, oh, yeah, I guess I'll help decorate cookies. But, like, somebody says, hey, can you stir this? Can you be part of this? Can you do this? Can you go watch that kid? Can you get this? And you become part of the family. That melding part of traditions that they they do is they make they pull you in, and they become— Uh, uh, that social lubricant to get you into the family, right? And then your family has so many traditions. But my family, is there any tradition that, like, you can think of, like, oh, your family really, this is when I was part of your family.
0: Your mom is, like, a weird magician in that we talked about earlier how on Easter she always had strays. Not only do they invite strays to lunch after Easter, which is already crazy because they're a pastor's family and they just finished Easter service. But then she does an Easter egg hunt for everyone, not just her own kids, not just the people she invited. But somehow she does an Easter egg hunt for everyone with specific Easter baskets for each person. Even if they like decided to come at the last second, she like, I do not know Where she keeps the Easter grass that is necessary to support this Easter egg hunt. (laughs) Do you want me
1: to, like, ruin the the magic for you? We had a drawer called the Aunt Gladys drawer. And that's because we had, my mom had an Aunt Gladys, who when you went to her house, you always got a present. Sometimes Aunt Gladys would literally go to a cupboard where she had her stuff and just pull something out and give it to you, because you had to get a present when you went to her house. (laughs)
0: That sounds like your mother.
1: Yeah. So we had a drawer in one of our curios. That my mom, like, the old pieces of furniture my mom had floating around. There was a drawer called the Aunt Gladys drawer that was full of stuff. stuff. <laughs> Just presents and <laughs> flashlights and and books and things she had found that she thought might be, that were inexpensive, that she thought might be good presents. And she loves Easter.
0: Yeah, so my- If you go
1: to her house right now at Easter, anyone listening to this, if you stop by her house and say, "Hey, oh, hey, you're, you're Joel and Kathleen's mother-in-law. She'd be like, yeah, okay, cool. Go find your Easter basket. <laughs>
0: it's- it's weird.
1: It's but mandatory.
0: Point being, the first time I went for Easter, um I got an Easter basket and in it was the Twilight DVD, which was like, she gets me.
1: <laughs> I don't know where, I don't know my mother was alive. I if that,
0: that was in the um I don't know if that was a specific gift for me cuz I you know, she did have a heads up that I was going to be there or if that was a Gladys drawer thing, but regardless I can't imagine
1: the Twilight DVDs were in the Aunt Gladys' drawer. You
0: don't know. Another good thing about Traditions is that they are a fail safe to maintain relationships that you otherwise might not maintain.
1: We don't always get along with our siblings.
0: We don't want to put the effort. I mean, I do. It's My siblings also, are great. It's also a lot of work
1: to get along with your siblings and to hang out with your siblings and go visit your siblings, and especially if they live far away. Yeah. To make that effort. It's a, it's a burden. It's not like a burden, like, oh, it's hard, but like...
0: It's, it requires work. Yeah, it, it requires is some
1: amount of work. There's some uphill movement. And traditions force you to do that. Mm-hmm. Meeting at home every year at Christmas or New Year's or whenever you do, it forces you to go home. And you say, well, we have to because it's, you know, this day. It's Christmas. It's New Year's. It's whatever. We have to. We always go home. Mm-hmm. And when your spouse goes... I don't want to go visit your family. You Which say, no, no. I would
0: never do. We, You say, hey, <laughs> we have to. It's tradition. Yeah. It's and, a little, and I'm on the receiving end of it, too, is that my, we know my brother's the one that lives far away and it's like, we know he's always going to come back and do some version of the Christmas we had as kids because it is our tradition to do Christmas in a certain way. And it might not look exactly like we do as kids, but my mom always creates like, if he's never he's not here on Christmas Day, she always creates the like mini Christmas that we all have together when the five of us of our nuclear family are together. And um, because we can't let go of what that looks like, we always know that he's going to be there. We always know that we're going to get to have that moment with the five of us, even if it's the five of us plus four kids plus three spouses.
1: Yeah. And I think that bringing people in and forcing them together. I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you know I love systems that force us to do stuff because I don't trust me to do stuff. And sometimes, you know, especially when you move far away, it's those those silly traditions that are the only things that that keep that relationship, that string that holds you together so that when you are in a better season, when you are closer together, you still have that relationship and you're not just strangers who have the same parents.
0: Another good Thing about traditions is that it helps you manage expectations around kind of big events how things are going to go even if you don't follow traditions even if like you know like I'm not going to throw the bouquet at the wedding um because the tra- tradition exists in your family you know that you need to opt out um okay we're not doing cookies this year well I would never just not show up to cookies I would be like oh uh you know we're exhausted or we have other priorities this year this year we're not going to do cookies or whatever that would I would never say that because cookies are the best but it's I like skip when cookies
1: you might lose a husband
0: yeah well when you know when you know what the expectation is when you know what the traditions are you know what everybody expects and you know how to manage it so you either show up to do that thing you help organize that thing or you affirmatively opt out of it then nobody's like disappointed necessarily or um, confused about what what the plans are. There's just a certain level of logistics that traditions themselves just cover.
1: Or in my family, everyone's disappointed, but we're all disappointed in the same way at the same time. Uh
0: then again. Traditions are not perfect. Not all traditions are made equal. Um and I you know who else doesn't love traditions? It's not that he didn't love traditions. Jesus. It's
1: that traditions are dangerous in that the thing you are doing, the tradition, isn't the point of the tradition. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when doing yes. the so thing true. becomes the point of the thing, that's when we get in trouble. When When we're no longer talking about sacrificing animals to God to show our appreciation, but now we have money lenders and people selling animals in the sanctuary, in the temple, because the goal is to sacrifice the animal, not to show appreciation to God.
0: Yeah, perfect. In my study of the gospel, I finished reading through the Bible and then I, went, I planned on going through each book of the gospels one at a time, not in order. I picked up Mark first. I don't know why I picked Mark first. Um, I'm going to say the spirit led me to Mark first. I love Mark. Mark gets to the point And as you read through it, if you read through it all in one go and you kind of push through and p- try to pay attention to the overall theme. To me, it was Jesus being like, The stupid crap you do does not matter. Mm -hmm. I matter and people matter. And um, if you look to like Mark 7, 1 through 8, I'm actually not going to read it, but it's basically the story of the Pharisees being like, dude, why are you not washing your hands? Why are you not doing the rule? You're not following the rules. You're not following the traditions. If you were a really pious dude, and if your disciples were really pious dudes, then you would do things the way we do them. And Jesus is like, you do not get it, obviously. Um and the line um that he says at the end is you leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. When the tradition of men, when the acts and the um traditions take the place of what God actually wants or what God's heart actually mm-hmm. is, then you are in not getting it. Um yeah. and that's when traditions become really dangerous.
1: That's I mean, the gospel according to us, right, is Jesus always picked people over rules. And when your traditions are getting in the way of relationships, when your insistence on doing it the traditional way. And I think actually your family has been very flexible um, and changed a lot since I've known them as far as moving those traditions and changing them to reach the spirit of that tradition, even though you miss the function of that tradition. I agree. We, we celebrate Christmas in November sometimes. Yep. Whenever your brother can get there, your mom will put up a tree and do the whole thing that she did, the whole feeling, the whole gathering, the whole family is there and they change it. We've gone to different locations to do the week vacation instead of not just Aptos. We've done it in various locations because that's just where it worked. Mm -hmm. And the point is to be stuck together in a tiny building for a week. (laughs) The point is not to be on that specific beach in that specific town in California.
0: Yeah, I will have to say my family's kind of Nailing this right now in a good way. Um, That getting to the heart of the tradition, getting to the purpose of the tradition and not to the actual, just going through the motions. A couple of places where I think tradition is the most dangerous, and I think this is mostly what the most obvious thing that Jesus was talking about, though I don't think it's mostly what Jesus was talking about, is the traditions of the church. I see time and time again where, and I'm going to pick on mainline for a little bit for a second and then. Look a little bit broader, where the traditions of our mainline church have been unquestionably detrimental to the Great Commission to go and make disciples. Where um, the things that we like and the things that we're used to, it's not even the things that we like, it's the things that we're used to and the things Mm -hmm. that we've always done um, stand in the way of innovation. They stand in the way of reaching new people. I mean, if you always do things the way you've always done them, you're always going to reach. The exact kind of person,
1: and if if the way you practice or the insistence on certain things or certain
0: <laughs> which we're not you know, going to call
1: out, certain traditions, whatever it is you have in your faith or in your life that is getting between you and Jesus or is getting between someone else and Jesus, that's not a good tradition. Traditions are good because they help us do a lot of things they help us get together they help
0: us kind of go on autopilot
1: yes they they put those those burdens on autopilot so we don't have to think about what are we going to do on christmas eve we're going to go to church because that's what you do it's the tradition but when they start getting in the way of that relationship and in the way of your joy and that or the joy of someone else uh, you need to stop
0: okay imagine you're in a car and you're on cruise control and it's so much easier because you're on cruise control But all of a sudden you need to get ahead of another car and before the lane merges and you're like, well, I can't put on the gas because I'm in cruise control. It's like, well, you wouldn't stay in cruise control. Mm -hmm. Um, You got to break from the tradition and move on to the next thing if that's what God is calling you to. So when traditions do not bring us joy, growth or connection, they may be holding the place of better uses of our time and energy. There may be other things on that list besides joy, growth, or connection, but I actually can't think of any any other really good reason for tradition. Mm, yeah, that's about it. There are people who will say that there's history behind that. Um, and I'm like, okay, you're just using a different word for tradition. Um, well, we need to maintain the history. It's like, well, I mean, write a book, take a picture, and move on.
1: There is something nice and comforting about a long tradition or a long history that we're following. But you if have they to are be- not
0: bringing joy, growth, or connection, yes. what's the point?
1: And you have to be careful because nostalgia is such a nice thing. It feels so good. Well, it's- Walt Disney Corporation mm. is taking money directly out of our wallets mm. based purely on nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And we're just throwing money at them because nostalgia feels Good because you want that joy you had when you were a child and you can't get it back because you're not a child.
0: But if I recreate the exact set of circumstances all over again, Joel, can I get it back?
1: No, because your cup is so much bigger. The cup that was is your mind and soul and heart when you were little was so much smaller and it could be filled so much easier. And now you are older and wiser and your cup is bigger. You need something bigger to fill your heart. Only we knew something that was bigger.
0: I get what you're saying. I might th- I might even flip it and say it's the other way that as a kid, right your heart is right. Um, it finds joy in things, and as adults, we are you know that's that let the little children come to me. when I think of such as these, these kids, it's these kid hearts that do get joy out of the things that that are created by God, by the connection, by the traditions, and that as we get older, our hearts diminished and further from God, and um you can't make up that gap with nostalgia. Perfect example I can think of this is that when my brother and I were little kids, we used to wake up like between 4.30 and 5 a.m. on Christmas morning and we would go into his room and we were the only ones that were like the super early birds and we weren't allowed to go look at presents. It wasn't like anything was going to change when we got to open our presents. But we would sit in his room and we played a weird game called The Amazing Labyrinth. Uh, We played Life and we played one more Every game of choice, usually. And we did this from about the time that we were like six and nine all the way through high school. And it got to the point where we both knew that we wanted to, to, to keep doing it. But we were so tired. I mean, no 18-year-old girl, especially me, I was exhausted, wanted to wake up and do it. But I so valued that tradition itself that I like had to keep it going cuz it was like my way of saying to my brother like I value you um and it was not bringing joy or growth um maybe it was bringing connection but very like grumpily um and it just it played itself out and we held on to it for way too long
1: maybe we could have created new traditions so one way of dealing with these bad traditions is changing them or making new ones.
0: Yes. I I have to say that one of my favorite things about our family and having a family is getting to set and create new traditions that are uniquely our families or taking them from from my generation or your generation and taking them into the next generation. Mm -hmm. I love traditions and I love doing traditions with our kids. For me, Christmas has changed drastically um, because I grew up with, No church at Christmas, and our Christmas time is, I mean, we're usually doing three or four services um, that I have to be (laughs) at during Christmas. Um, Christmas
1: has changed pretty drastically for me, too. We used to open presents early, and you're a curmudgeon.
0: Yes, I like to wait till Christmas Day. Um, But I think the one thing that our family has done, I don't even think, I don't even get the sense that you did it with as much intensity as we do it, is Advent. Um, Our Advent tradition is boss. Um, they do like four little advent things. They like I blame get, their
1: grandma who bought them so many advent calendars. They got every year. that's
0: what it is. She keeps buying them advent calendars and we have to do all of them. So we do one calendar and then another calendar. And
1: we have to do all of them because our children insist, not because my oh, mother insists. No,
0: that's true, but I like to do it too. And then we do Christmas songs together. And this year somehow Christmas songs devolved into singing.
1: Almost H- exclusively.
0: Hedwig's theme, and I knew you were trouble when you walked in. Almost exclusively. So I don't know why it happened that way, but it's like I will never forget this period of Advent where somehow singing Hedwig's theme and Taylor Hedwig's Swift... theme is
1: a purely instrumental piece of music. But
0: every night we would to turn do, all the do, lights do. off
1: and sing that song.
0: Um, Another... Big change for me is that Easter is all about church. Um, But we kind of finally settled into the routine where we do church. And then afterwards, my mom handles the like everything else. Because by the time we're done with like putting on Easter at church, we are exhausted. I don't, maybe Mm -hmm. you're not, but I am exhausted. It's emotionally exhausting.
1: Yes, Easter is exhausting. It's also, I think, the tradition that has changed the most for me because, like, we don't do egg. Uh, the kids do egg hunts. We don't do egg hunts or <laughs> basket hunts. And it's,
0: I'm sure my mom would hide you a basket if you I really wanted. I don't want, want it. one.
1: It just, again, it's the tradition. I think the more fun traditions though are the new, the new ones, the ones we're kind of creating ourselves. Denny's that you guys go to. I always get pictures of Denny's. That's a tradition. Yes, that is. And. Tea time? We didn't talk about tea time, which is like the biggest thing we do.
0: Yeah, every night we um, get this like really kind of awful 70s tablecloth and put it on our coffee table with this really pretty awful 70s uh, tray and um, little uh, teacups with little feet on them and a teapot with little feet on it and we fill them with milk and then we give the kids like a, it's not really a dessert, actually it's like toast with jam or um like graham crackers with peanut butter on top and um, maybe a little bit of fruit and we have like 15 minutes of tea time where we play this like one weird playlist that we found early on and um, the kids just nibble on their food and drink their milk and that's kind of the signal that we're getting ready for bed.
1: I think that might be the tradition that they take on with them more or as much as anything else. Yep.
0: We still go to Disneyland, and we're going to go to Disneyland a lot when they're kids, because I want Disney kids and Disney grandkids.
1: Yep, but even that has changed. We take strangers with us now instead of you know our not strangers. We take friends non-family instead members. of family. Yeah,
0: we've done that twice in a row. Mm-hmm. Non, I mean, non-family. Alex barely counts as non-family at this barely. point, though. Um, we go every Sunday night to my family for dinner, which actually... On reflection is a tradition somewhat from my own childhood. We didn't do every Sunday night with my grandparents, but we did a lot of, I want to say Saturday nights. I honestly don't know what day of the week because I was a little kid, but we had a lot of dinners with both of my sets of grandparents um, when I was a little kid, like probably twice a month minimum would be my mm. guess.
1: And I think that's something that our kids will remember. I
0: hope that our kids want to hang out with us that much when we're older. <laughs> I that's meant, like my they goal in life. Remember it.
1: I think one of the important things that we forget is not necessarily the thing, but the time is what's important. And setting aside that time to be with your family. And that's that's the good thing we talked about. The good thing about traditions is what do they do is they put us together. Yeah. And though that's how you get the memories, that's how you get those nostalgic feelings is just spending the time doing Whatever.
0: And going back to that, like, does it bring joy, growth, or connection? It's like, well, very selfishly, I want to do those because I want a relationship with my niece and nephew. Um, I love my parents, I love my sister and her husband. But to me, making sure that I spend a set aside time with my niece and nephew every single week, that is the most important thing. And then kind they're of They're more fun than your sister like, and brother in law anyways. they're I mean my sister and brother in law are pretty fun. Um, but my but also my my kids having a relationship with my parents is really important to me, too. And with their cousins, which is a tradition I did not have growing up. Yes, I'm I my two best friends in elementary school were two very close cousins. And I always thought that was like the coolest thing. And then when um our son and our nephew were born within eight months of each other, I was like, they're going to be just like I was so excited. I was like, it's going to be just like Sarah and Katie. um, And so I'm I'm very excited for that. So then we're going to look at the question of should events or traditions become traditions or should they die? Um, and to do that, we kind of set up a four question dichotomous key. I don't know if it's like, it's it not. is not a dichotomous key, but <laughs> okay. carry on. All right, fine. Does it get in the way of God's command? Because if it does, don't do it anymore. Um, and I think you need to evaluate that every time you do it. And um, with some real Mm-hmm. come-to-truth-Jesus moments, literally.
1: I, yeah. Is it bringing love into the world? Am I showing love? Am I giving love? Am I loving my neighbor? Am I loving God?
0: Well, that kind of takes into the next question of does it bring joy, growth, or connection? Um, now, just because it doesn't bring joy, growth, or connection um, doesn't automatically throw it off the list. Um, if it doesn't, are you doing it for someone else? Um Is it Grandma's dying wish? Yes, Um, because that is a that is.
1: You might not be the person this tradition is bringing joy, and that's certainly something to consider.
0: Yes, Um, but it's only a consideration because then you look at is it worth it? Like my mom's not going to die for a long time, so if there's some tradition that she wanted to do that was not bringing joy, growth, or connection, and I'm like, no, you're going to live into your 90s because that's what like history has shown us. So I've got to like cut that cord now, but there are certain things that I would do to make my mom happy or to make my brother happy or to make my sister happy or to, okay, I'll throw dad in there too, to make my dad happy. Um, Like listen to my dad give random toasts um, at big holiday meals after his like second glass of wine. It's like, okay, dad, thanks. Um, But You're I'm great. willing to listen to it graciously for him. um, bec- Even though, I mean, it's also funny. So that's good, too.
1: Well, now let's get to my favorite tradition.
0: So that came up. So this was getting ready for bed. I mean, this is like one of those out of the dark as we're all going to sleep. And mm-hmm. Dane Completely asks, out of the blue. Completely out of the blue. You
1: had nothing to do with it.
0: I did not cause this one. <laughs> um, why did God only make girls not have wieners? We should not have wieners too. Wieners are ridiculous. <laughs> He's which not wrong. I tend to agree with. But what a weird appendage. Uh, having gender
1: talks and sex talks with your kids is weird.
0: Uh, you only it's only weird because you make it weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, on that strange note, pray us out.
0: Lord, help us to evaluate the things we do in light of what you command us to do and what pleases you and what is good and what is yours. And help us to look at each one of the traditions that we carry from generation to generation. Help it to blend our families, to make people feel included and cared for, um, to help us grow and connect and um, help us to get rid of the things that are holding on, that are getting in the way of our relationship with you and others. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please take a second to rate and subscribe to this podcast. It helps others to find us and to be hashtag blessed by the discussions that we have here. If you want to contact us, you can reach us on Instagram at Christ in the Chaos, or you can email us at Christ in at email.com. Until next week, we hope you have a peaceful week. But even if you don't, remember that you can find us and Jesus waiting for you in the chaos.